had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Could make me be true. Snap out of it. Could make me be your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. Lit from within, Tracy. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Pod to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies, from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Rachel Housechild. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, doing very doing very well. Very excited to talk about this uh, classic film that you picked for us today. Yes. Would you like to introduce the film? Yeah, the film is my favorite film, or one of my favorite films, and it's The Philadelphia Story by George Cukor. Cukor. Oh, I never do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Cukor. Actually, I've never heard it. Cukor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a classic movie, one of the best romantic comedies. Uh, there's a clip of it in the intro um, that I have on my podcast, which, you know, listeners have just heard. Um, I have seen this movie a number of times. I love it. Um, so uh, why did you pick the film for this podcast episode? I picked this film because, like I said, it's one of my favorite films. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite rom-coms. And I think what draws me to it the most is, well, I'm a Philly girl, so oh. that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's my thing. But also the cast is probably one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I mean, we have um, Catherine Hepburn and James Stewart, Cary Grant. Um, and I mean, those are just like the main stars and you have all these like yeah. really, um, really cool people in the supporting cast, like, um, you know, Ruth Hussey, uh, and, um, John Howard and Roland, Roland Young, John Halliday, Mary Nash, and of course, you know, Virginia, oh, uh, Virginia Weidler. Wilder. Wilder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like a pretty great cast. And um, wanted to ask you, like, when do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Like, or has it just been like a part of your life, you know, forever? Wow, that's a great question. It's probably years ago when I worked um, in retail, many, many moons ago. This one kid that I worked with, he was a film major and got me into a lot of classic film. And this had to be probably my teens, definitely like 16, 17, around that time. And he's like, you have to watch it, have to watch it. Well, I did. And then again, and again, and again, and again. (laughs) And it's just, it turned into something so near and dear to me. Yeah, I was thinking today about like when I first saw it. it, I think it was like in college, I was kind of going through like a Catherine Hepburn phase. Because I had just seen um, Bringing Up Baby. Oh my gosh. uh, You know, with her and Cary Grant from a couple years before. And uh, I was just like, I had watched that movie in like a film class. Like, it was like, we're doing, it was like a genre class. So, like, that was the movie that we watched for like comedy. And I just like fell in love with Catherine Hepburn just like as like a screen presence. And so I just like would watch like other movies of hers. And The Philadelphia Story, um, was one of them because I just like I had heard that name like over and over just like in 
college and like online and stuff. And I was just like, okay, I was like, I gotta watch it. So I did. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's really an incredible movie. Um, and I, yeah. So like what, like when it comes to like these like kind of old, old Hollywood, like screwball comedies, like what do you like, like the genre in general, or is this just like the one that you like the best? I love the genre in general. Absolutely. It, there's a, a different feel from movies now compared to movies then it it kind of almost feels so effortless back then that yeah. all their acting is just it's just there you know it doesn't seem like they're trying so hard um so all of that stuff i absolutely adore obviously you're going to have your problematic issues um yeah. compared to things now but you, there's you you can dig deep down and find the love within classic hollywood sure absolutely and um like the Philadelphia story like belongs in the kind of a, a subgenre of screwball comedies and it's like the comedy of remarriage. Yes. Um and like in general, like that movie would be about like a divorced couple who like they start the movie either like getting divorced or have already been divorced and they kinda of, like flirt around with like other people and in the end just like get back together. Mm-hmm. And like I was reading about it um like a few like a little while ago and how like that like that's how um, they could like get around with doing stories about like people having extramarital affairs because like yeah. with the with the you know the Hayes production code which basically you know kind of set a guidelines about like moral values in film that you couldn't show like infidelity without yeah. it being something that like gets punished at the end so they would just like have the characters be divorced and flirt but like code for like sleep with other people <laughs> and then get back together yeah. I mean, they talk about it. There's definitely an underlying of infidelity issues throughout uh, the Philadelphia story, especially with her father. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Catherine Hepburn's father is definitely an interesting character. That whole whole side of the story is just interesting in general. (laughs) I mean, mean, they live separately, the mother and the father, but still the mother is like, it's okay. Like, it's okay for your husband to cheat on you with some dancer. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like, I mean, my guess is that like back then, like, it, uh, like, okay. I guess like I, what I couldn't tell watching this movie again is like, you know, I picked up on that as well. And I couldn't tell if that, like, that was just like some like weird quirk for this like character or for this like family. Cause they're all just so like eccentric and, and kind of crazy yeah or it's just like something that like people actually believe back in like the 19 you know 30s and 40s yeah what for the infidelity part yeah. of it yeah yeah well i mean the jimmy stewart character and um ruth hussey character they wouldn't be there if it weren't for that yeah. story um thanks to ck dexter haven right but, um, but yeah i mean it all pertains into into one and it just feels like the whole infidelity factor of it back then it was just like you know it happens it's okay right yeah yeah so you know uh this movie is a classic but like maybe not, not a lot of people have um seen it or or heard, know much about it would you like to just give us like a brief synopsis uh just so people kind of know what we're talking about yeah no problem well uh Catherine grant or Catherine Grant, Catherine Hepburn plays Tracy Lord. She's a socialite in uh, mainline Philadelphia and she was married to CK Dexter Haven, who is Carrie Grant. Um, they divorced. Well, 
in the beginning of the film, they divorce. And then it's like two years later, um, she's getting married to another man named George Kittredge, uh, who's played by John Howard. Um, so all of this takes place a couple hours leading up to uh, the new marriage of Tracy and George. But C.K. Dexter Haven gets a... Um, a tabloid uh, called Spy Magazine to bring over a um, reporter and a photographer to uh, to basically cover this wedding. And if they can't do it, then uh, C.K. Dexter Haven is going to release a story about her fa- Tracy's father and his infidelity with the mother. And all hell breaks loose, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's perfect. All hell breaks loose. Uh, yeah, you know, I always forget that like this movie takes place over basically pretty much like a weekend. Yeah, it's very- and um, it just seems it's like a lot happens in the movie, but um, yeah. so it's it's always funny to me like when I rewatch this movie because like you know we tend to think about like celebrity culture and like kind of tabloid culture being something that's like very recent. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, we're always like, oh, you know, nowadays we always know like what our celebrities are up to. There's like no, it's like all we talk about. But then you watch a movie like this, and it, you're kind of reminded that like people were have always been fascinated by you know socialites oh. and celebrities and like the the upper class. Absolutely, because it's something that they didn't have, and it's kind of like now it's like stuff we don't have, and we're like, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. And like um and like like to me like this idea that like the wedding of like a socialite would become like front page news or maybe not front page news but definitely like you know a hot story that would like sell newspapers is mm. like it's so bizarre to me because you know I guess like like you know it's like we don't really read newspapers anymore. No. <laughs> so it's like this kind of thing would be something that you would like hear on like a podcast or like, you know, on like you'll hear like tweets about it and like Instagram. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of the, the same kind of thing. And even now, and I was actually thinking like now, like celebrity weddings would be like feature a lot of like sponsored content and things like that. Like, <laughs> I was actually tweets. thinking a lot about um, like Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas's wedding because like that oh, was. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, headline news for, like, weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, didn't they have, like, four different weddings? Three? Yeah, I mean, they definitely had, like, they had a full Indian wedding and a full, you know, Christian wedding. Yeah. Um, But, like, and I was thinking, like, maybe Tracy Lord's wedding is, like, the the Chopra Jonas wedding of that time period. It probably could be. (laughs) And then all this, like, scandalous love triangle behind the scenes would absolutely break tabloids. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's so fascinating to think about like what um like kind of like what like tabloid culture was like back in, you know, in this time period where yeah, yeah like it's such a scandal that like she's like divorced already and her dad's, you know, yeah. having a scare with a dancer and yeah. yeah. And technically if you think about it, like Tracy and all those people, they're in their early 30s, so that's like me right now (laughs) so that would throw me for a loop i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) i was not i'm not the scandalous trust me guys (laughs) well it's almost funny to watch movies where like the character like movies that you watched as a kid where like the characters are actually younger than you are now 
And like, oh, yeah. like obviously these characters are like a little bit older than I am, but like still, yeah. like they're not like I always think of. I mean, James Stewart and Cary Grant are probably like, you know, in their forties, but yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's absolutely, it's absolutely insane to think about. Like they're actually closer to my age now than yeah. I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch whatever they're in though. So it's yeah, good. well, I mean. Um, Catherine Hepburn is such a fascinating character. Like, what are some other like films of hers that you've seen and enjoyed? I've seen a decent chunk of hers. I mean, the Philadelphia Story is hands down my favorite of hers. Right. There's there's no way, shape, or form like I love it. I've seen um, a lot of the ones with her and uh, Spencer Tracy because they were like best friends, especially for a little while. Um, they did what Adam's Rib. Um, well, Woman of minus the Year. Woman of yeah. the Year. There's like a good handful of them, and then obviously bringing up baby. You can't you can't talk about Catherine without thinking of bringing up baby. That's just another comedy that's so great, and obviously it brings her back with Cary Grant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So like, I I was actually just I just done like a lot of research on Catherine Hepburn because I was writing an article about like another film she did with both Cary Grant and George Cukor. And um, it's funny to think now because like she's such a like iconic movie star, but like she went through like severe career setbacks like in this time period. Yeah. I mean, right uh, before the Philadelphia story yeah. she did. Yeah, exactly. And she was like labeled like box office poison and like, um, it was also like seen as very like haughty and, um, like headstrong in like a bad way yeah. because of her like politics and her like because she was yeah I mean she's definitely like a like well she comes from like a like very like wealthy family that's like very like what we would call now like w- like white liberal family yeah. like <laughs> super rich and just like social liberal as like a fad yeah um so she was kind of like had like really bad reputation but then this role was like tailored for her and Mm -hmm. she kind of used it to like get back like to like get a hit movie and kind of get back in like the good graces of the you know the press and audiences oh yeah yeah she uh, well this was a this is originally a play the Philadelphia story is a play um which she had the rights to so it was kind of like she molded this whole thing together in order to help herself which is great I mean it helped her out so yeah well and it's like, I mean, it's such a, it's such a good role for her. Like, I, I mean, I love her in pretty much every movie I've seen of hers. And like, uh, but like this role is so, she's so good in it because she gets to like play like, um, like okay. she just got to get to play like this like haughty socialite, very like, st- like she's not strict, but she just has, she's very exacting. Yeah. I mean, she figures herself as a goddess, you know, she never has had to deal with confrontation on her own. It's always been figured out for her. Um, everything is kind of handed to her on a silver platter. Whereas now all this commotion commences and she's got to figure it out herself before she marries somebody that's just, you know, not, not good for her. Yeah. Which I feel bad because George is a great person, (laughs) but uh, he was, he's not good for Tracy. Yeah, but he's that classic, you know, archetype of like the perfect guy who's just like uh, who's just like wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's he was brought up into being rich, whereas she was 
born into richness, you know? Yeah. So she always had this, and he has this, you know, working class background where it just, in the long run, he thinks, obviously, he thinks that she's a goddess, but their personalities just do not mesh. And then when she realized she's got flaws, and she has issues, and it's all come come to a front, you know, a few hours before the wedding, um, she realized who she should truly be with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about this, like, concept of, like, her being this, like, goddess who, like, gets cut down and, like, brought yeah. down to Earth. Um, like, what do you think about that as, like, a theme and character arc? I I do like it because it's um it's not like it's a slap in the face, but it's, like, a realization where it's, unfortunately, she needed other people to help her bring come to this realization, and she couldn't really do it on her own. But, um... I guess a little bit of alcohol can do that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. Because, I, like, I um, I was listening to, like, another podcast about this movie, and um, the hosts were kind of talking about, like, how this movie is a little sexist because it's kind of, like, Catherine Hepburn being, like, um, not humiliated, but just kind of, like... Um, She's kind of tossed around. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, who am I to say, like, what's sexist or not? Because, you know, I'm a guy, but, um, (laughs) like, I kind of disagree because I think that it's, I don't think this movie is saying that, like, all women are like her, but, like, this specific person, like, has this, like, very specific flaw that she needs to, like, confront it to, like, grow as a person. Yeah, I think it, I don't think it's for it's portrayed as all women. I really think it's just this character as a whole, and it's just one person. And I mean, I mean, context matters because, like, you know, this was you know Catherine Hepburn trying to like rehabilitate her image, as we were saying. So, like, I think that she's like doing this movie to show that she can like laugh at herself and show oh, yeah. that she's not some like you know un- untouchable goddess in real life yeah. she's just like she she can recognize that she's like a human being even yeah. though like her earlier persona showed her to be this like very like head in the clouds you know rich lady who yeah. wears pants <laughs> oh those pants <laughs> yeah. um especially the one that kind of looks like she's wearing pajamas in the library oh my god right. that okay let's talk about the fashion in this game because i thought she that outfit uh, yeah yeah that outfit is is a is a questionable <laughs> <laughs> it's a questionable one <laughs> um but i do love all the wardrobe like even when they go from um oh gosh when she tells macaulay to change into his uh swimsuit and everything just all of her outfits and like oh my lord these are beautiful everything yeah. is gorgeous. i love it all yeah yeah i mean i i it's funny like movies like this like you don't really think of them as like you know fashion heavy movies but like yeah, like her, like her gowns and like in the like party scene. I mean, just she looked beautiful, and like I love how like I just love how Catherine Hepburn like wears clothes because her like figure is so like She's so statuesque. Tiny. Yeah, yeah. I think even well with this film, honestly, the the attire is its own character. It helps you yeah. figure out who is who and. Uh, on what kind of level they're on, because obviously Miss um, Embry's attire varies drastically compared to Tracy Lord's. So yeah, but and even to like Dinah, who I adore so much. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's all it's all 
it all plays in. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I want to talk about Dinah now that we're, you know, that you mentioned her. Like, I think she, it's it's so funny because, like, when I first saw this movie, I thought she was so irritating. <laughs> um, I did too. Originally down the line, I was like, oh, she's so annoying. Because, like, child actors who are, like, trying to be, like, funny can, especially, I mean, like, because, like, acting in this time period is already so, um, like, so, like, theatrical, that, like, having kids act theatrical while acting theatrically is just, like, it's a much. But now I can kind of, like, now I enjoy this. She's, like, she's just, like, a wacky supporting character who's just, like, um, like, I love when she's, like, kind of, like, fluttering in and out of rooms, like, doing, like, ballet and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And how much she loves C.K. Dexter Haven. Yeah. I was actually listening to somebody speak about the Philadelphia story um, not too long ago, and they were comparing her um, to, oh, my gosh, what movie was it? I just lost my thought. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't remember the movie, but they were comparing her to Mara Wilson um, in one of Mara Wilson's films. How is it um, Mrs. Doubtfire or Matilda? Honestly, it probably could be any of them because she was yeah. a child actress who yeah. a lot of her roles was so um, opinionated and strong and smart. Um, oh, they were comparing it to um, Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, right, like how- yeah on how she knows things are happening and she knows like she knows what the adults are doing. And that's the same thing Dinah is doing in this movie too. She knows there's something fishy going on and she'll come down to the end of it and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, she's, she's great. And, um, I love the, the mom, of Margaret. Oh, yeah. Cause I think she's so just like, uh, just like, She's so, like, um, neurotic and, like... She's so, like, like fluttery. fluttery. Yeah. yeah. She's just like, okay, let's do this, and sure, why not? She's very lackadaisical. Right. Um, Yeah, and then um, Ruth Hussey as Liz Umbry. I think she's actually, like, I mean, aside from Catherine Hepburn, she's probably my favorite character, because, like... She has some, like, really great asides, and um, she's a, like, Ruth Hussey has such a, like, expressive face. You can just, like, she kind of just, like, gives a look, and you know exactly yeah. what she's thinking. Well, she was nominated. Uh, this was her only nominated role, actually, for oh, wow. Supporting Actress. Um, and it's a it's a definitely deserving of a nomination. She's, like you said, she acts with her face and her her poignant like face stares and facial um, everything just works so well. And I do feel bad for her <laughs> yeah. because they're just like stepping all over her at some point until obviously until we get to the end. Yeah. But, um, Cause everybody goes after Tracy when, you know, poor Elizabeth is right over there and who's just as good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I and mean, like, like there's a really great scene where, um, uh, she's she's getting like a manicure, and um, oh, yes, and she sees James Stewart and Catherine Hepburn kind of like walking along. She just has like the most like heartbreaking expression, and you're just like, oh wow, yeah. like she's such a like she seems like such a like sweet, funny lady. Yeah, but oh, that like, scene breaks just, my heart. Yeah, because it's like you try to look so good for the person that you have a crush on, and then you yeah. see that person walk away with some other woman. You're like, oh. Oh, okay. I know. So I, know, I feel exactly. so bad for her. Yeah. But 
I'm glad it works out. Yeah, yeah. Tracy, you can't marry that guy. George, I'm going to. Why, why not? Well, I don't know. I thought I'd be for it at first, but you just don't seem to match up. Then the fool's with me. Well, maybe so, but all the same, now, you can't do it. No. No. Come around about noon tomorrow. I mean today. Snob. Say, what do you mean, snob? You're the worst kind there is, an intellectual snob. You made up your mind awfully young, it seems to me. Well, 30's about time to make up your mind. And I'm nothing of the sort, not Mr. Connor. The time to make up your mind about people is never. <laughs> yes, you are. And a complete one. You're quite a girl, aren't you? You think? Yeah, I know. Thank you, Professor. I don't think I'm exceptional. Uh, you are, then. I know any number like me. You ought to get around more. Yeah. Not in the upper class? No, no. No, thank you. You're just a mass of prejudices, aren't you? You're so much thought and so little feeling, Professor. Oh, I am, am I? Yes, you am, are you? Your intolerance infuriates me. I should think that of all people, a writer would need tolerance. The fact is, you'll never, you can't be a first-rate writer or a first-rate human being until you've learned to have some small regard for human fr... Aren't the geraniums pretty, Professor? Is it not a handsome day that begins, Professor? All right, lay off that professor. Yes, Professor. Now you've got all the arrogance of your class, all right, haven't you? Oh, what have classes to do with it? Yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about the two men in this film, Cary Grant and uh, James Stewart. Oh, two of my loves in life. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm such a fan of James Stewart. Like, he's probably my favorite favorite like old hollywood actor he's up there as mine as well absolutely um and this movie like um i i can't recall if he's uh, if he had done a movie with katherine hepburn like before or after this um i don't know if he has i can't recall it's such a like i always think of her with Cary grant or with um spencer tracy yeah. So like, it's so cool to see the two of them like kind of flirt and have like they have really great chemistry. They do. They really, really do. Um, I will always love Jimmy so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure he's a Pennsylvania boy because. Yeah, I think so too. From yeah. Indiana, Indiana, Pennsylvania, I think because I, yeah. I know that there's a um, there's a museum for him out there. Uh, I have to, I have to, I've got to check that out. Oh, it's on my bucket list. Yeah. Absolutely bucket list. But, um, I mean, you have that trifecta of Catherine, Jimmy, and Carrie all in one movie, and it's it's unbelievable. Um, Jimmy Stewart, he won, he won Best Actor in the Oscars that year. Yeah. Um, he wasn't going to go, apparently. I read that <laughs> – well, this was before they had the um, – ballots and the the results hidden from everybody and you know kept away from all the oscar people and yeah. somebody was like 
you should probably go. You should, you should get a jacket on and you, you should show up. I think you should. And then he won. And he was like, I don't deserve this. And, you know, this is probably karma for not giving me anything for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Right. Yeah. I remember reading about that as well. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's great in that movie, too. And he probably should have won it for that. But, like, yeah. he's so yeah. good in this movie, though. And he's such so a different good. role. Because so I feel good. like he's always playing, like, I mean, aside from his, like, movies with, like, Hitchcock and stuff, like, yeah. he's always kind of playing these, like, very, like, um, nice all-American types. And he's always, yeah. like, very um, sweet. But, like, in this movie, like, while well, he is all that, but he has such a, like, sardonic, like, sarcastic streak. Yeah. And it's so yeah. effective. I love him in this so much. Um, probably this and the other performance that's more not extremely comedy as this one but it's more of a lightheartedness but probably in harvey um oh yeah harvey yeah as Elwood p dowd but everything else that he's done is very it's very stern yeah. and more uh more strict and like harvey is such an insane performance for him like yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. so good in that movie it's such a crazy movie so good everybody needs to watch Harvey everybody yeah yeah. also like the shop around the corner I love him ah, in that as well I, I just I wrote a piece on that last Christmas I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah oh that's right that yeah yeah it's great yeah uh, I love that movie so much it's so good and then obviously you know comparing that one to some Nora Ephron uh, You've Got Mail right right love it but yeah Jimmy Sir and then <laughs> My favorite scene of Jimmy in all of the Philadelphia story is his classic, iconic, screaming C.K. Dexter Haven and his drunken champagne hiccup scene. So yeah, good. yeah. So good. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just, like, this movie just has so many just, like, really clever, like, lines, but also, like, situations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, with the movie, you kind of... If you've never seen it and the first time you see it, you literally need no distraction around you because it goes so quickly yeah. and it's so fast that you truly have to pay attention because there's things that are thrown at you and it's just like one line, but it's super important to the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, oh, and like, that's I what I love about like comedies from this era. So, like it's just so yeah. fast and like you were saying effortless, which I think is such a like such a smart way to put it because like these movies aren't effortless in that like obviously there's a lot that goes into like timing and dialogue and making sure everything is like you know perfectly on point yeah. but this movie just it just seems so like um like breathless and just like yeah. nimble it flows so well yeah yeah it's awesome. um, and uh what like what are your thoughts on like Cary Grant like in general and in this film as well I love Cary Grant. I really do. He's one of my other favorite actors. Um, I could go on about him in a lot of his movies, just as much as Jimmy. But um, he's a little, well, in the beginning, after he employs this by people to come to the, um, to the home, he's a little evil there. Um, and, but thankfully, Tracy calls him out on his on his stuff. And then, you know, you see the true side of CK Dexter. Haven. But I'm very surprised that he took like the smaller role in this movie. Cause usually when you think Cary Grant, you think front and center, you know, he's the lead, but he's really not in this. Yeah. I think he's definitely, yeah. Like I would say even maybe like the fourth lead after, yeah. After Liz, uh, maybe yeah, not so no, much, I but I feel like, yeah. 
Well, he, he like begged, which I read up on this because I was very interested in that, but he begged for um, top billing. Oh, which wow. Is, but he took the smaller role, begged for top billing, begged for a higher salary, but took all that money and donated all of it. Yeah, what a guy. I know, right? <laughs> but it's very interesting that he just – and it might be that he begged for top billing because he gave away his salary. I yeah. don't really know because, you know, it's 2019 right now. But um, he he's great in this role, though. I, he, he's another one that's just like, how does he do it? <laughs> yeah. How? He's yeah, so I mean, I, I wonder if he maybe was willing to kind of take on this, like, smaller role at, like, the peak of his career because he's, sure. like, friends with um, Catherine Hepburn. And, like, yeah. I I was reading online that, like, the studio wanted to cast, like, two name actors in, the, in these, like, male, male leads because, like, Catherine Hepburn was so... Um, she was so... Um, Attached to it, yeah. Yeah, um... And well, because like she was so she was having such problems with like you know box office that like they needed like yeah. two guys as like insurance almost. Yeah, it wasn't well. It was originally supposed to be it was supposed to be Spencer Tracy and I think she wanted Clark Gable. Yeah. But Clark wouldn't do it because the director who was attached to this because they didn't get along originally doing um oh my gosh Gone with the Wind. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> before before Victor Fleming took over. I mean, that's crazy. I can't even imagine Clark Gable in this movie, though. Even though, like, he's a very I funny can't. actor as well. But, like... Yeah. I mean, he has his comedy clips. I was just going to say, he's way too stiff and rugged. I mean, yeah. he's got some his some of his, you know, uh, comedic performances. But I can't foresee him in this at all. Would he have played Dexter? Is that... I feel like he would have. And then, like, probably Spencer would have played Macaulay. I could see that, actually. Yeah. I could probably see that, but I think it works so much better with these guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Cary Grant did Bringing a Baby with Catherine Hepburn, like, I, it's such a great movie, and, like, he's, yeah, he's so, he's such a funny actor, and, like, he has, he's kind of another one of those where he just, like, can give a look, and he's, oh, like, so funny. He's got, that, he's got that smolder where he can, like, turn, and you're like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. Right, oh my god, I know. But he, like, Carrie, my God, talk about somebody who's been in like great movies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's. It's it's crazy to think that like he would still be playing these like lead roles in romantic comedies like twenty years after this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I think the I think the last like romantic movie he did was like The Touch of Pink with. Um, Doris Day, and he looks oh like her father. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's crazy. I love Doris. Well, he could still get it up until the end of his life, but like. Yeah. Uh. uh yes. <laughs> he just ages like fine wine. I hate to bring up all this like fun conversation, but like I do want to talk about like the opening scenes because sure. like I was I always forget like it starts with that like. Ooh, that's a that shock. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, like, shocked that, like, he pushed her onto the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of done, like, I would say it's played for laughs, obviously, but I think it's, like, actually, like, it's not played for laughs and that, like, it's funny that, like, he hit her, but, like, 
the way he does it is just by like sh- like putting his like hands on her face and just kind of shoving her. And just I mean, like, it's like shoving her backwards. Yeah, I mean, it's like I hate to sound like I don't. Know, I thought it was like it was a it was a funny bit of like physical comedy for both for both of them, even though it like creeped me out. Yeah, it's a little unnerving now. I mean, when I watched it when I was younger, without having more knowledge of my surroundings now obviously it's like oh that's really funny and they play it up with the score behind it because it's a floating it's that free will like kind of musical tones and you i mean you laugh about it you can't not because it's just really funny and then now you're like oh i don't know if that's such a good choice but it goes with saying how older films are that issue of problematic scenes. So, um, but it is funny. It is a funny exchange between them. And then she, you know, cracks his uh, golf clubs and everything and throws it at him. So she does get revenge. Yeah. I mean, she definitely does, but it's like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's hard for me not to like, think about that as he's like invading her space when he's like, when he's like clearly not wanted. Yeah, like, I get that yeah. he's like the romantic lead and stuff, and like we're. Sp- I mean, technically, I guess we're supposed to want to see them get back together. Like, Lord knows, like Dinah and and the mom are both oh obsessed with him. Oh my god! Yeah. But it's kind of hard for me to be like, you know what? You kind of you pushed her, and now you won't let like leave her alone on her wedding day. Like. Exactly, uh, and not to mention the reason why they broke off their um, marriage originally is because he had an alcohol issue. Yeah, which is totally. And, like, it's, like, her problem that, like, she couldn't just, like, get over it. Yeah, yeah. Well, she would, what was it? It was basically, like, he would drink, she'd get on his case about it, and then he'd drink some more. So, yeah. I don't think that's somebody you really want to be with in the long run. Yeah, uh, exactly. But you're just supposed to just, like, I don't know, accept it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a lot of that throughout the whole movie. It's just you kind of got to accept it and move on. Which is why I, like, every time I watch this movie, I'm, like, please get together with Jane Stewart. Like, he will treat you so well. <laughs> Can we change the ending, please? I oh, mean, it's my yeah. fan fiction. Yeah. Uh, I'll take it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie is just so... Like, even with, with that, which is, like, kind of, like... It kind of, like, um, hangs a cloud over, like, the first, like, half hour. But then the, I kind of forgot about it after, like... Once it starts, like, starts to get going, yeah. just, I just kind of, like, forget about it. I think because it's so quick. Yeah. It's at the obviously very beginning of the movie right. that it's like, oh, I completely forgot about that scene. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like, comedy to bring it back. I mean, you've got also when she like switches the tables and makes Uncle Willie her dad and her dad. Oh, Uncle yeah. Willie. <laughs> oh. It's just a very good movie. I like it so much. Yeah, I mean, like, I have to, I have to mention my favorite part is like her, um, like when she's like drunk, the, like the in the the next morning, and um, and she's like hungover and stuff. Like, I know, she's so good in those. Like, she's so good at playing drunk. <laughs> she is, and where she's like, "Hello, Macaulay." Yeah. <laughs> George, <laughs> it's so good. That and um. There's a couple. Oh, well, when Jimmy picks up the phone and he's like, all these different lines, they probably go to different lines of the house. And he's like, this is the voice of doom calling. And <laughs> yeah. the mother is like, oh, I think somebody's reaching us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, have so, you seen the like musical version of this movie, High Society? Of course. 
Yeah, what do you think about that movie? I don't mind it at all, honestly. It's, yeah. a, it's a really interesting um, take once you mix music with it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll take it. It's got Grace Kelly and Bing Crosby and, you know, all these other amazing people. And my man, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, definitely uh, worth the watch. Yeah, I, I don't think I've, it gets enough credit is what is in that, what it comes down I to. I don't think it. so either. I mean, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but like I really enjoy it. And like Grace Kelly, I love her to death, oh, and like yeah. she's the best. Uh, it's cool. funny that they cast her in a musical and she has no like no singing parts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then like, yeah. I feel like it's just a musical just to get like Louis Armstrong and. Um, uh, Frank Sinatra and Bing Cosby to like sing together. Yeah, and if you think about, you have the Philadelphia Story, the original, obviously, with this amazing uh, trifecta, even more of a cast, and then you go to yeah. High Society and you have Bing, Frank, Grace, Louis. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, how did yeah. you do this back then? So it's. But, wild. I mean, it makes sense that they would turn the Philadelphia Story into a musical because it does have the like vibe of a musical. Like it has it doesn't yeah. have songs, but it just has that like. Um, like effortless kind of like in and out of rooms and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the set pieces that'll help them out because it's really, it's, you're only really, I mean, with exception of going to like the library and CK's house, it's all at the mansion. Right. And that's why obviously it must've been easy for them to go from uh, play to screen. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I would love to see this movie, uh, see the play on stage. I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah, it would be awesome. I totally would do it too. Yeah. Well, if it ever comes to New York, you're welcome to come. I'm flying TV. back home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you have any like final thoughts on the Philadelphia Story before we finish up here? Um, just that everybody should watch it. By the Criterion Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. I need to get it. <laughs> I have. Or just. Um. I have this like this like four movie set of like Catherine Hepburn romantic comedies. Like it has okay. this movie, Bring a Baby, Woman of the Year, and Adam's Rib. So like the four oh. classics. Yeah. And like I mean, it's a pretty bad DVD. Like the audio quality is the the audio visual quality isn't that great. Yeah. But, like I need so I need to upgrade to a Blu-ray because I've heard it's a really great transfer. It's a beautiful transfer, absolutely. Yeah. And it also has some um, uh, Dick Cavett. Um, interviews with Catherine and you can absolutely 100 and like 10% see her um, bullheadedness come out in you know in big form so um, (laughs) yeah she complains oh my gosh it is so funny she complains about the carpet on how she's like I could find a better carpet than this color this is terrible and then she's like give me a sturdier uh um, what is it? Like coffee table in front of her because she wants to put her feet up on it, and it's just, whew, it's something. <laughs> that is amazing, and I have to pick up that disc as oh, possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, with next fifty percent off sale. Get I know, it. yeah, in November. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, second everything you say. It's such a, it's a pretty much a perfect movie. Like even like the little things we kind of like nitpicked at, like whatever. It's, yeah. it's a perfect movie. Yeah, um, I mean. You kind of, it's with a lot of older films, is you kind of got to get over it a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you see it throughout older films. There's really no stopping it, and there's nothing people can do about it now, unfortunately. But unless they remake it, which I hope they don't remake it, because this cast is too good. I mean, I granted they did it with High Society, but that's a 
I don't know. It's different for me. That's a whole different thing. I mean, like, yeah. I really can't think of, like, who, like, who could even, like, step into these roles now, you know? Yeah, I don't, I would have to really think about it. It can't be, like, a off of the top of my head be, like, boom, this person and that person. It's just. I could see maybe, like, Ryan Gosling in the Cary Grant role, maybe. Probably. Probably. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, thanks so much for yeah. uh, doing this podcast. Where can people find you online? Oh, let's see. Well, I write for Talk Film Society, so you can find my stuff written on there. Um, I'm on Instagram as Dirk Calloway. It's the uh, character from Rushmore. And then you can find me on Twitter um, under Max Fishers with an S at the end. Yes, great. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Manish89, T H E M A N I S H 89. Also, please follow at PodWU on Twitter. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe so other people can find the show. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Rachel. I had such a good time. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. All right, good night. All right, good night.